Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant with his hair looking mighty fine today. Uh, is it a good hair day? Yeah. Oh, it's a great hair day. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. You're doing great? You feeling yeah, good? Sure. You feeling peppy, full of energy, and happy? Full of my hair is happy. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. Chuck. Josh. Hey, man, let's, before we get started, we uh, should plug Facebook. Oh, yeah. Twitter. And your mom's cooking. Uh, my mom's cooking is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook, you can find us at Stuff You Should Know in the search bar. Mm-hmm. And we're personally interacting now. It's not yeah. a ghost writer. It's not It's not a <laughs> uh, net bot. No. And you'll, you'll be able to tell because it's clearly our silly, inane voices. Yeah. And we uh, Chuck started the, the trend that solved a big problem of saying, hey, Chuck here, because our profile picture yeah. is the album art for our podcast. I don't want people to get what we're saying confused by. No, me neither. My words are my words. I don't want them to be like, I didn't know Josh was an old crotchety man. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's sure. just a young jerk. I didn't know Chuck was in a fight club. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's Facebook. And we already had a page, but we consolidated them. If you were a fan of the old page, they ain't around anymore. No. Join the new one, will you? Mm-hmm. Let's get with it. And Twitter, we are tweeting at SYSK Podcast is the name of our account. And uh, should be funny and fun. And I'm, I'm trying to follow Coco's lead. Oh, yeah? Well, I was anti-Twitter until I saw Conan O'Brien's. I think I told you that. And they were just... They were funny, and I thought, you know what, I could do that. Yeah, well, of course you can. You're Chuck Bryant. 140 characters, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's it. 160, pal. Oh, is it? I don't know. I will figure it out. All right. When it cuts me off in the middle of a sentence. All right, so we're done with Plug Fest 2010, right? I think so. Okay. Chuck. Josh. Mr. Jake Gyllenhaal. He, uh, he's finally arrived. Donnie Darko himself. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Much to his chagrin, he was not a member of the cast of the Fine Fine Picture Hot Tub Time Machine. Right. But he was cast in the starring role for Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time or something, right? Yeah, I saw the trailer for that the other day. As a result, Mr. Gyllenhaal will now have his own Lego minifigure. Well, and as a result, he's very buff now. (laughs) Yes, he is. He got all (laughs) jacked up for uh, for the role as the Prince of Persia. Yeah, but again... What we're focusing on here is the Lego minifigure. Well, but is the minifig buff? It has stubble. Okay. Yeah, and it it bears something of a resemblance to him, which is actually kind of Uh a new trend among Legos. Oh, really? To look like the thing or to just be branded like that? Well, both. Uh, They started branding um, or working with licensed brands uh, with Star Wars in 1998. And they were like, oh, we don't know. This kind of goes against our <laughs> yeah. corporate philosophy of letting kids use their imagination. And all of a sudden, sales went yeah. through the roof. It's a bleak, bleak and they were like, yeah, okay, so this is what this is the way we put it now. Uh, we let kids' imaginations run wild with the added element of storytelling. <laughs> right. So, which is cool. Lego, uh, for Lego, the Lego group is what they're called, from what I understand, is a pretty great company, to tell you the truth. And we should say we, this is in no way, in no way are Chuck and I Wilford Brimley-esque compensated endorsers. Yeah, when we do a brand name like this, don't, don't think that we're, we're shilling because we just have chosen some of these iconic 
brands yeah. to cover because I think it's interesting. It's part of pop culture. It's part of who we yeah. are. And people seem to dig it. Yeah. So anyway, now we're not getting rich off of Legos, unfortunately. So to answer your question, um, they started doing the branded, the licensing branding sets like Star Wars with 1998. Yeah. I think that that was their first big hit. And uh-huh. then Indiana Jones was another big hit. Yeah. Harry Potter, obviously. Sure. But um, it wasn't until they started, um, in, until they released the Lego basketball set that they started messing with skin tone. Up until that point, if you had a Lego character, yeah. even if it was based on somebody, um, it was yellow. Sure. And they, for a while there, they were uh, asexual, right? They were neither male nor female. Right. In 1974, when they released the first figures, they had a neutral facial expression. They yeah. were genderless and raceless, right? It's kind of boring. But in a, in a kind of a backhanded nod to women... The female character was the first gender-specific character introduced, wait for it, as a nurse. Oh, really? Yeah, for their hospital playset. Right. Yeah. Because there's no such thing as male nurses. No. Right? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that was better than, at least they made her a working woman and they didn't say, the first one is, you know, Betty Homemaker. Right. Or a homeless person. <laughs> yeah, that would have been bad, too. Sure. <laughs> now, let's start at the, uh, at the begin. We got plenty of, this is a stat heavy extravaganza. Oh yeah. Yeah, Chuck's all excited. It. That's why your hair looks so good. <laughs> it's standing up in excitement. <laughs> uh, Legos, Josh, like you said, the Lego group, they employ about 5,000 people. Mm-hmm. They got about 150 designers of 18 nationalities on their team. And they began way back in 1932, and I love this guy's name. I do, too. Old Kirk Christensen. Yeah, and his first name is O-L-E. <laughs> yeah. But we are, uh, we've decided to refer to him as Old Kirk Christensen. Yep, Old Kirk Christensen. Do you remember when we went to uh, Tamburg, and yeah. we found out one of their vice president's name was Odd Johnny? Yeah. And we're like, this is the most <laughs> punk rock telecommunications firm we've yeah. ever... Well, no, it's... It, Odd is actually a very common name in in uh, Norwegian countries. News wait, wait. Let me just double check my facts. Is Denmark a Norwegian country? <laughs> yeah, we got that wrong with the Netherlands, and we heard about it. Yeah, we did. That's an in podcast correction. We don't usually do that. So, old Kirk Christensen. Yes, he, he Den- comes he's up with from Denmark. Yeah, from Billund, Denmark, which is where the cor- corporate headquarters still are. Yeah, they still and reside there. The first Lego land is still there. That's right. Yeah. Um, he, at first, Josh made things out of wood, <laughs> wooden toys and things like that, little ladders. And he did so until 1960 when the warehouse burned and was destroyed in a fire. And I thought it was then that he said, it would have been a much better story if he would have said, oh, I need to work with plastic now. Right. But that's not plas- true. Plastic is inflammable. Yeah, because he uh, he started working with plastic long before that um, in... I think 1947, he started Actually, working with plastic. Not coincidentally, that's the year that his son took over. Oh. Yeah. And his it. son started saying, we need to, we need to look dude. into plastics. It's the wave of the future. <laughs> right. And uh, they started tinkering around with Legos, right? Well, yeah. The first one, uh, first thing they made in 1949 was the automated binding brick. And that was kind of like the first modern Lego brick. Uh, but it didn't have the tubes. We'll get to the construction in a minute. But... It didn't have the tubes, the little interior tube, so it wasn't things weren't as stable. So right. it was sort of like just the beta version, right? Um, but what was it, 1958? Yes, that's when they came up with the current 
uh, design. It's called stud and tube coupling system, which, like you said, we'll describe in a second. Yeah. But the cool thing about it is it hasn't changed since then. Isn't so that if awesome? you have a brick that was made in 1958 yep. and you go buy a set today, they'll work together. Yep. Yeah. That is, I think, one of the cooler facts of this whole thing. I got one for you. What's that? The term Lego is actually uh, an abbreviation of two Danish words, right? That's right. Leg and got, which put together means play well. Uh-huh. So he combined the two into Lego. What uh, old Kurt Christensen didn't know was that Lego in Latin actually means I put together. Really? He had no idea. Huh. And I bet people think that's why he named it that. Yeah. Not but true. But it's not true. Look at you, Josh. Thank Look you. at you. So, uh, like I said, 1958, or like you said, was when they kind of finished the design of the modern brick, and the rest is history. In the in the 60s and 70s, they started introducing uh, other other facets to the to the Legos besides just the brick. Uh, for instance, the Lego Technic, technique, but not technique. It's really technique. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's not spelled you know technique. what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm reading between the lines. It hit the market in 77, and uh, Mindstorm's Robots made their debut in 98, and that was actually a collaboration with uh, MIT, the technology media lab there. Yeah, in the 80s, right? 84 or something? Uh, no, late 90s. I That's, think they got together with MIT oh, starting in like 84. Well, maybe it took that long. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Uh, and also their designers, you would think that all of their designers have art school backgrounds or some sort of um, engineering design backgrounds. I would think that. Not necessarily true, my friend. While most of their designers do have that, the company says that all designers are hired based on their hands-on work oh. and a face-to-face interview. Really? And you don't necessarily have to have a, an art background. If you are a natural Lego playset designer, that's what you are. Cool. Yeah. Well, that means you and I could go and try and do that. Let's, let's give it a shot. We man. may have to. You never know. So, Chuck, over the years, you just spanned a few decades. Yeah, sure. You know, Legos were named Toy of the 20th Century by Fortune Magazine in 2000. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Good I, for them. I did, too. Did you have Legos? Oh, yeah, of course. I didn't. What? No. You know, what's funny is I noticed that they're only sold in 130 countries. I did a little background check, Chuck. Uh-huh. Right? Um, it's not... Uh, Unequal access to sanitary drinking water that keeps underdeveloped countries underdeveloped. Turns out it's lack of an access to Legos. Is that what it is? Yeah. Well, they teach you how to build and construct things and yeah. play together. That's why you're all thumbs today, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I was into Lincoln Logs and uh, because, you know, I was born in the 1930s. <laughs> Log cabins were sure. how we had to do things. Right. Back in your day. Back in my day. And then uh, I had an erector set, which was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, I never get into erector sets. Yeah, that was fun. I was kind of into that. I was like, look at all those gears and pulleys. What is this? Yeah, and Hot Wheels. I just want to snap blocks together. Hot Wheel model cars. I was way into model cars. Did you? I'll bet you were. Yeah, I would get them, and I, I would then destroy them at some point later on with uh, firecrackers and stuff. <laughs> but we're not recommending that you do that. No, we're not. <laughs> it's very dangerous. So I was saying you, you spanned several decades when you gave those stats, and in the meantime, people have come up with um, some pretty cool uses of Legos, have done some pretty cool things with them. There is, if you go on to YouTube, yes. there is a thriller done in Legos, Yeah, all 14 some, minutes, sure. shot for shot. And it was clearly done on like an old like 16 millimeter camera, 
and it hasn't made the jump to digital all that well, but still, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, there's some Star Wars stuff on there I've seen. Definitely. Scenes recreated. Definitely. Did you know there's a Boba Fett Lego character? Uh, I didn't know that, but pretty it didn't surprise sweet, me. dude. And Chewbacca. Well, there should be. Those are icons. Yeah. Um, the In, uh, I think, 2008, Lego and Kellogg's combined shared the Blindingly Obvious Danger Award from Consumers International. Really? For producing the Lego Fun Snacks, which are gummy fruit chews that look exactly like Lego blocks. Yeah, that's, that's like the bag of glass right. from uh, the old Saturday Night Live. Right, <laughs> yeah, or the super uh, happy fun ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, of course, those were discontinued in 2008. Yeah, that's not a very good idea. Uh, and there was a guy out there who's actually in the article, and there's a cool picture of it in the article, who created the um, a life-size replica of Han Solo frozen in carbonite. Yeah, I've uh, got info on that guy. Do you really? Yeah, he's, he's a real artist. Yeah, he is. You can tell. Yeah, we'll get to him later, too, though. Okay. Um, and then lastly, Chuck, M.C. Escher, Relativity. Yeah. You know the steps going different, the staircases oh, yeah. going? Who Somebody doesn't? did it in Legos. Really? It is amazing. Now, see, that's impressive to me. Yeah. MC Escher, eh. What? Oh, come on. Hands, strong hands. Please. <laughs> <laughs> you disappoint me today, Chuck. Sorry. That's all right. I'm just over it. How many times can I see that stair thing, you know? What? <laughs> Each time you gaze upon it, you're still like riveted, aren't you? Do you know the the incredibly disordered or highly ordered brain structure it requires to see things in that kind of perspective? That's amazing. Saying, it's nuts. I'm not saying he was a dummy. I'm just tired of looking at it. Okay. <laughs> I think we should talk about how Lego bricks are made. It's a good idea. Uh, Josh, they start out with uh, plastic granules as little plastic. Yeah. What kind of plastic? It is uh, <laughs> acrylonitrile butadiene styrene. Or ABS. We'll call it ABS. And ABS comes to the uh, factory. Well, we'll call it factory. It's a manufacturing facility um, in, in droves. They have 14 silos that, that are these things are vacuumed into these silos. Mm-hmm. And all in all, a, a factory has a close to a million pounds of this granulated plastic. Right, and all the plastic is already dyed, so they've got 52 different colors. Did you yeah, know they that? don't need to worry about all that. You wouldn't want to have to color it there, too. No. I wonder where that's made initially. Interesting. I don't know, but I did a little background check, and uh, ABS is actually a very safe plastic. It doesn't contain phthalates oh, yeah. or uh, bisphenols. Well, yeah, because kids despite everything you tell them, are probably going to put a Lego in their mouth at one point or another. Whether it's a Lego or a Lego fruit chew. Right. I could see that meeting, though. I sort of see it like, boy, it's really unsafe to eat these, but they want to eat them, so let's just give them one they can eat. Right. And then after, they're like, oh. (laughs) Can Jerry put in like a a sound effect of somebody slapping their own (laughs) forehead? So uh, what happens from here, buddy, is they uh, take these granules and they use a process called injection molding. It's a mach- it's all this is machinery pretty much of course, and they uh, they melt this stuff down 450 degrees. Yeah, they're not made by hand. Is that a surprise? <laughs> <laughs> At 450 degrees. Right. They, 450 degrees. It melts the the plastic. It injects it into the uh, molds and applies between 25 and 150 tons of pressure. Right. And the cool thing is, is these uh, the the dyes that they use to the injection molds that they use. The yeah. machining process is so precise. The most it's off 
is 0.002 millimeters. Yeah. Which is relatively insignificant for the kind of, um, the kind of coupling system that Legos use. But are first, you, let's talk about robots. <laughs> you, I thought you were good about to drop the knowledge there on that. Okay, let's do it. You're talking about the interference fit? Yeah. That's what it's called, Josh. It is, uh, a tube that sticks, I'm sorry, the, the stud sticks into the tube, but it's slightly bigger, which is key, because that means it presses it apart and allows it to stay together using friction. Right. And the, the, uh, key to this, Chuck, is you don't need any kind of fastener. It's all friction. It's all resistance. Yeah. Uh, and that was that change in design that they achieved in 1958. Before, it was, uh, uh, it lacked the tubes, I think. Yeah. So the things would fall apart pretty easy. Yeah. Now it's like, once a Lego's stuck, brother, it's stuck. Well, until you take it apart. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, think of how many pounds of pressure you have to use to overcome that friction fit. Yeah, that's true. It's a lot. Like at least two. That's true. So, uh, where were we? Pressure. They apply all that pressure, makes it into the little mold, takes only seven seconds. Then they spit it out, cool it, goes into a conveyor, into a bin, goes from a bin into the packaging. We could get specific there, but it's not the most interesting thing in the world. Well, I think the cool thing is, is, um, they have robots that weigh the packages. Yeah, that is kind of cool. The reason when you get a Lego set, you get different bags. Right? Because these designers have said, we need X number of these blocks and sure. X number of these blocks. And they put them in different bags so that you can just throw the, these, um, this prescribed assortment of, of bags in a box and there's your playset, right? Yes. And then they have robots that weigh the bags before packaging to make sure they weigh the precise amount. Pretty cool. And if they don't, that's when humans come in. Yeah, humans come in and uh, do a little QA along with machines. Machines perform the drop torque tension Compression, bite, and impact tests. And humans... The bite test is my favorite. Yeah, humans use a little uh, beaker, I guess the size of a child's uh, epiglottis, maybe, to make sure that it can't, um, a piece can't, you know, choke a kid to death. Right. Because that's a really important step in this whole process. Definitely. And the bite test. And uh, one of my favorite stats, Josh, is out of every million Lego pieces made, only about 18 fail these tests. Yeah. That is point zero 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 two. No. Yes. Point zero 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 two. I see four zeros. Yeah, you said three. No, I said four. No, you said three. Zero 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 two. Nice. <laughs> and the castle walls are counterclockwise. <laughs> uh, and uh, this, like you said, Josh, takes place in uh, Billund, Denmark, but they have. They moved a lot of their manufacturing to the Czech Republic because they were kind of losing money there and mm-hmm. laying people off right. And after the mid-90s, and so they had to make it a little cheaper. Right. And I guess labor or whatever is cheaper over there. In in Czech Republic? It must be. I guess so. So that's why it's there now. So, Chuck, they're making uh, 37,000 Lego sets every hour. Sets. Sets. Not bricks. Right. And um, I believe I saw a statistic that... Um, Every seven seconds, another Lego set is sold. Yeah, we have some of those fun stats. We'll say at the end if oh, we have time. Sorry for jumping ahead. No, that's okay. So, Josh, let's say you wanted to build a, a Lego project, but not a, you know, not a little tiny thing to put in your pocket—a pocket model. Let's say you want to build something kind of big and cool. Okay. The first thing you need to do is, well, it depends what kind of guy you are. I'm the kind of guy that just dives in and starts building. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's why I'm not an architect or a builder. <laughs> what you should do is plan it out a little bit and decide how large you want it, because then you're gonna, you know, that'll tell you how many bricks you need, how long it's gonna take, and that determines your scale. And from there, 
you can just kind of move on and be creative. You can sketch it out if you want, if you're into that. Or you could use computer software. You can. It's pretty awesome, actually. Um, there's three different types of software, as far as I know. There's Lego Digital Designer. Um, and that's actually available for for use for free yeah. on the website. Pretty cool. You can either download it or I believe you can go to lego.com and use it. Yep. Um, there's also LDraw, which is uh, basically a type of CAD, computer-aided design software. Right. Um, and then there is Bricksmith. That's it on Bricksmith? <laughs> That's it, man. <laughs> um, and I, uh, people use these to do things like, oh, I don't know, create the Statue of Liberty with um, a lightsaber. Yeah, that's a fun one. Or a uh, scale replica of the Brooklyn Bridge, or right, you know, or Yankee create, Stadium. Yes, Lego Land. I have pictures of that. Actually, I'll show you. Um, yes. the, the thing I thought was cool is when they some uh, Tracy for this art- article interviewed this the one guy that you're talking about, uh, Nathan Sawaya, Sawaya, <laughs> <laughs> and he he's you know it's sort of like real architecture and real building techniques. Like you should stagger your your bricks for a wall because it's sturdier. And you can put, for hollow things, you can put interior columns. And it sort of follows the same rules of standard architecture, which I thought was kind of neat. Right. And this isn't lost on Legos. Um, They've recently released the Lego Architecture Series. Did you check these out? No. Dude, they have have a couple so far. They have uh, the Guggenheim. Okay. Okay. Um, My favorite, they have Falling Water. Ah, very nice. Frank Lloyd Wright? Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um, And they have uh, some uh, um, iconic landmarks. I think the Space Needle is one of them. Right. But it it looks pretty slick. What if I was like Frank Lloyd Wright? I'd come across this table at you. (laughs) Square houses, please. Yeah, and we've been trying to figure (laughs) out how to do a Frank Lloyd Wright podcast. Yeah. And we got, uh, I'd say, pretty far into the research process to do it. And figured out, like... We, we can't do this. It's just too visual. Yeah, us sitting around describing falling water, it's yeah. just like somebody should slap us in the face. Yeah, it'd basically just be like, it's so awesome. Yeah. No, really, it's awesome. <laughs> and there's a river that runs underneath it. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm done now. <laughs> okay. Um, if, you're, if you're interested, there is a book called The Unofficial Lego Builder's Guide from Alan Bedford and, um, and a publication online called Brick Journal. And you can get like tips on building big things there. Right, because if you never tried, either you're, you know, a genius and you're innately able to do so, or you're going to fail miserably. Well, one guy um, who was interviewed for the article who did the uh, Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, yeah, yeah, as part of like his whole town he was building. I think he that said, was Sawaya. No, it wasn't. It oh, was, it was like, I guy? think it's like Chris Doyle. Yeah, oh, okay. Chris Doyle. He said he just starts, like he he has a rough idea of what he wants to do, but you know he just goes to town, basically. See, that's what I would do. Yeah, it, it mine, can be done. Yeah, but mine probably wouldn't succeed. And then if you are into robotics, electronics, that kind of stuff, you can use Legos, too. Yeah, they've got new uh, robot versions. They have, like, microprocessors and motors mm-hmm. and uh, gears. There's a guy who used uh, who used Legos to create an automatic book scanner. Wow. <laughs> I know. Especially <laughs> if you love books and you love Legos, then booyah. Uh, there's also a CD launcher that somebody made using Legos. I saw that. That was pretty awesome, too, it was. right? Uh-huh. Um, and then one of the other cool things I saw combines Legos with dominoes. It's an, uh, a mechanical, an automated uh, domino stacker Built made out of, Legos. of Legos. Wow. Yeah, I left out that important part. Yeah, I was trying to picture that. I got it now. You're like, I'm like, no, no, it's a Playmobil. 
but it has water running underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so awesome. So I mentioned Nathan Sawaya. He is one of the preeminent Lego artists uh, out of New York, of course. And he has a traveling exhibit called The Art of the Brick and a website, too. And uh, he tours to real museums, and the dude has got some serious talent. I mean, look at that. He did Starry, Starry Night. Wow. A mosaic. Wow. He did the Iwo Jima statue? Yeah. The Oh, he did this one. That one's the, f- the favorite one I ran across, and we should probably describe it. Yeah, it is a yellow man looking upward, and he's tearing apart his chest, and inside his chest, he's full of Legos that are spilling out. And he's made of Legos. And, well, yeah. We keep leaving that part <laughs> off. All of this is made of Legos. We oh, okay. All right. And then there's this other dude, Sean Kenny, and he is New York-based, too. And I get the feeling that they kind of battle a little bit for... Supreme New- dominance? Well, New York Lego supremacy, at least. Gotcha. Because both of their websites say... Our studio has more than 1.5 million Legos. Right. Both of them have 1.5 million Legos. But I mean, how I could have 1.5 million Legos and do nothing with them well. and slap a website <laughs> together. It's what you do with the Legos, not how many you own. Well, let me show you what Sean's done. He's done um, work for companies like Google and Nintendo and JP Morgan. Oh, yeah? And Samsung. And he's been featured on, I mean, everything, you name it, he's been featured. Has he been featured on Jimmy Kimmel? Ah. Oh. No. <laughs> but look at this. He did a uh, Yankee Stadium. Check that out. Wow. And I hate the Yankees. But I was going to say, cool. if I like the Yankees, I'd be really impressed. And uh, he's a pretty talented guy, too. And he is a member of the, uh, what are called the Certified Professionals, and I think there's 11 of them now. Yeah. That Lego has actually certified these people as professional artists or whatever. Yeah, I got the impression that um, as he became better and better, he stopped paying for Legos along the way and just was like, ring, ring, I need more Legos now. I would, Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> I need green. <laughs> and uh, old Kirk Christensen is like, okay, all right. <laughs> old Kirk. Uh, should we go over some of these fun facts? Yeah. Lego fun facts. Uh, aren't all facts associated with Legos fun? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I like this whole around the world stuff, though. Because every company has one of these. Wait, first, have you been on Lego.com recently? Did you go on for this? Yeah, yeah. It was pretty awesome, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a cool site. Like all the uh, little movies associated with each one? Uh-huh. Yeah. I haven't been to Legoland, though. You ever been there? No. One of their theme parks that they actually sold. Yeah, to Merlin Entertainment or something like that. To Merlin Olsen. Yeah. <laughs> His ghost. Made a deal with uh, oh, old right. Kirk Christensen's he ghost. He just passed away recently, didn't he? Yes, he did. Very sad. Uh yeah, they sold those because they became unprofitable, so they kind of restructured and moved some things around. Now they're in the in the red? In the black. In the black. <laughs> Fun facts, Josh. Here we go. More than 400 million children and adults will play with Legos this year. Yes. And I don't know what year they said that was, but it's probably every year. I saw their 2009 uh, investor catalog or um, oh, really? prospectus, I guess, and it said that same stat. So you can put all your money in Legos? I'm going to put a <laughs> substantial amount of it. They're actually privately owned, so I don't think that's possible. Hmm. <laughs> uh, if you built a column, Josh, of 40 billion Lego bricks, it would reach the moon. 40 billion? I had to count those zeros. I've uh, got one. Go ahead. Lego is the largest uh, tire manufacturer in the world. Yeah, little teeny tires. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty cool stat. How many do they make a year? Oh, I don't know. Do you have that stat? Yeah, I do. 306 million? That's what I got, too. All right. Somebody else is in the 2009 <laughs> investor perspective. Uh, on average, Josh, there are, this is the one, this is my favorite one. 
There are 62 Lego bricks for every single person on Earth. Yeah, I like that one, too. Wow. Uh, Four billion hours. That's the amount of five billion? Five billion. Five billion hours. That's how much uh, mm-hmm. people will spend playing with Legos in a year on average. Yeah. So five, not one person, not per person, but yeah, I mean sure. combined. <laughs> everybody playing with Legos. Right. You out of fun facts? I'm out of fun facts. I mean, there were more, but... I've got one for you. Let's hear it. Remember we talked about... I w- I'm fascinated with the minifigs. Yeah, the minifigs, as they call them. <laughs> if you're in the know, if you're one of the 11 <laughs> certified artists. Right. Um, we uh, we talked about how they're, they were originally gender neutral, um, race neutral. They were also emotion neutral, too. And it wasn't until 1989 when Lego released their, well, st- started releasing their uh, pirate set that they realized, hey, man, we might need some facial expressions on these people. And they came up with a good figure and a bad figure and an eye-patched figure. What was the diff? You know? I think scowl and smile oh, okay. to, to differentiate between the good guys and the bad guys. And sure. from that point on, they started having facial expressions. Wow. Well, well yeah. good for them. Uh, and I think I have one other. Yeah, I was Fisher Price. We should do a podcast on Fisher Price. That was my bag. Yeah. I was way into that. I liked uh, Playmobil, but I did love Legos as well. Yeah. Um, and then Chuck, the minifigs. Yes. Four billion of them on the planet. Wow. There's only 6.5 billion people. Uh-huh. Um, four billion on the planet technically makes them the largest population group in the world. <laughs> Isn't that cute? Because they're so tiny. That's so cute. And I think that's it, buddy. I think so. I mean, there's a lot more. We didn't cover oh, all of it. No, there is something else. Yeah? Hold, hold the f- presses. Stop were, the presses. You were talking about them selling Legoland. Uh-huh. They did this huge restructuring in, uh, I think, 2004 because uh, they peaked in 1998 Yeah, with their Star Wars sets. Sure. And after that, they actually started losing money. And you said they were back in the black. Part of it is because of their selling Legoland, restructuring oh, yeah. the company. Mm-hmm. But... um. One of the reasons, actually probably the main reason why Legos took such a hit was because of... Megablocks? No, electronics. Oh, well, I thought you, their patent ran out, too. That had something to do with that, it. That was definitely part of it, but they think that they, you know Legos are having trouble competing with MP3 players oh, sure. or video games or all that. So, Lego remains optimistic, buddy. I have a, a little tidbit of nice Danish optimism in broken English for you, courtesy of the Lego group. You ready? Yes. I quote, but the Lego group is in no doubt that the Lego brick will continue in future to be relevant to children of all ages, <laughs> period. A world of imagination and total absorption, period. <laughs> that sounds like they literally said that in their native language and then just typed it into Babelfish. Babelfish, yeah. Babelfish I think that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they have the my nephew uh, Noah plays with the the uh, PlayStation game. They have an Indiana Jones Lego yeah, yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to get a piece of that market, too. I think they got a good piece of it. They have a Star Wars game, too. Uh, I think they have more than the trilogy in Smart. Lego. Yeah, th- they'll be around. They're fine. I think so. Yeah. So that's it, man. Uh, if you want to see, really honestly, I know we say this every time, like, go read the article on the site. Sometimes we've covered the article, gone beyond the article. This is not one of those cases. If you want to see just a series of super cool Lego pictures... Um, a Lego brick field guide complete with precise measurements. Yeah. Uh, and just a bunch of other information that we didn't even touch on. Uh, type how Lego bricks work because technically there isn't a word called Legos. It's Lego bricks 
But, you know, hey, we named ours How Legos Work. Right. Type How Lego Bricks Work in the handy search bar at HowStuffWorks.com, and it will yield that article, right? Indeed. Listener mailed. Not quite. Oh, okay. Uh, I wanted to give a little shout-out. I had met a couple of fans this weekend, finally. That never happens. What about the Henry Clay people? Well, yeah. But, I mean... Yeah, sure. You're right. Okay. I, I'm going to plug their album, actually. It's coming out in June. they got a new album coming out. But I'll wait on that plug. Oh, okay. For when, it's, uh, when I have the up the release date. Interest. Uh, Jerry and I, over the weekend, went to a play of I, sorts. I think it's so cute you two are dating. Live, live theater. We're not dating. Uh, called Looking Glass Alice, based on Alice in Wonderland by Lewis Carroll. Mm-hmm. And Doug and Lindsay are in the show. Lindsay's Alice. And actually, there's only five people in the show, so literally one whatever whatever percentage of the cast that is. <laughs> One-fifth? Our fans in the show. Uh, Two-fifths? Two-fifths. And uh, so Jerry and I went with uh, Emily, with my wife, and uh, met up with them afterward in the green room, which was really green. Mm-hmm. And they were super cool, and we're going to take them out for barbecue while they're here, and uh, just wanted to thank them. Oh, are they still here? Yeah, they're, they're, it's like a six-week run. Where are you going for barbecue? Uh, well, I was going to say like Daddy D's, but that's a oh, my friend. little dingy. Let me rec- Yeah, but it's really great barbecue. It is. Daddy D is oh, is listening. Your barbecue rocks. <laughs> sure. Uh, I would recommend that or Fox Brothers. Well, Fox Brothers is a little more the kind of place you would want to take someone from out of town. Yeah. But they're kind of into Fat Mats. They want to go to Fat Mats. Okay. You know that made an appearance in Up in the Air. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Okay, well, that's it for uh, the Atlanta barbecue scene. Right, and I also wanted to shout out to uh, Emily had a craft show last weekend, and one of her fellow crafters, uh, her name was Julie. Oh, wait, is it Julia? Now I feel like a jerk. Just to say both. It's either Julie or either Julia. Julie or Julia. She was really nice, and what she does, she has bought some of these, and I've seen other people that do this now, and, and I'm mentioning it because it's just so cool, those old printer printing presses from like the 1800s. Yeah, she's several. Yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> she's resurrected these things, and they're huge. And she does like real printing on cards. There's no computers involved. And it's just like <laughs> those, those dagnabbit computers. I know, huh? but that showed pictures of her in front of this huge machine, and you crank it with your foot, and it turns all these gears. Cool. And uh, it's just very really steampunk. Cool. And uh, she was, yeah, it is very steampunk. But her, uh, she has a website called RedbirdInc.com, and um, I don't know. I think you should support people that like. Resurrect. She said the machines hadn't been used in like 70 years wow. when she got a hold of them. Wow. Anyway. People used to have to walk uphill both ways in the <laughs> snow to use those machines. To print. All right, Josh, this is a listener mail in honor of Mother's Day. This should come out sometime near Mother's Day. Well, hold on. We, we haven't even laid a part where we can do the music. Chuck, is it time now for listener mail? Yes, Josh. <laughs> Setting Jerry up. So like I said, hopefully this will come out sometime around Mother's Day. This is from Nora, signed Nora Amama from Missouri. Okay. Hello, fellas. While driving my oldest son to start his freshman year of college this fall, I was trying to be cool. She put cool in quotes. And ignore all the mommy emotions bubbling up. So she was getting sad. Oh. Thank you for translating. Yeah. For the hour and a half drive, my son brought out his radio iPod gizmo and <laughs> entertained his brother and me with your podcast, starting with the one on the Ponzi schemes. Nice. Uh, you know how to say it, clearly. We were totally involved, thought-provoked, and sparked a great conversation or two. Uh, after handling the separation without too much embarrassment and upon arriving home, I decided to go for a run to help shake off my mommy blues. The inspiration came to look up the podcast and load some on the iPod gizmo thingy. 
While running and listening, I, I had that part. While running and listening, I was struck by the whole uh, circle of my baby teaching me a trick or two as he heads off into the world. Now I get warm fuzzies each time I head out for a run and choose my topic. That is so cute. Isn't it? And I look forward to running more than I have for a while, so extra bonus. Now, my son, my youngest son, looks for podcasts he wants to listen to with us on car trips. She's well, really excited about it. Yeah, this. we're bringing uh, the intergenerational <laughs> gap together. She says, hooray for more family time with the teenagers. Who knew? Every time you encourage emails at the end of podcasts, I think about sharing our little story. The kids would roll their eyes if they knew I wrote in, but they love what you do, too, and we hope you keep up the good work. And Nora, mommy from Missouri, I hope your kid's in college rolling his eyes at you right now. <laughs> yeah. That's what we hope. But it, there's a tear coming down from his eye as well. Yeah, touching. He's If he wasn't homesick before, he is now. Seriously. Believe me. Well, if you work out or run or do any physical exertion while you listen to Chuck and me, we want a sample of your sweat. Put it in an email and send it to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Want more How Stuff Works? Check out our blogs on the howstuffworks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?